0: This is Cass Club Radio. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling. On Cass Club Radio, we believe every spirit has a story. And stories like good drinks are always better when shared with friends.
1: Each week, we'll explore the
0: intersection of cocktails, spirits, beer, wine, and life. It's Cass Club Radio. Here's your hosts, Lydia Cruz and Justin Stiefel.
2: Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Cast Club Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. We're happy to have you here. My name is Lydia Cruz.
3: And I'm Justin Stiefel.
2: And I'm Maura Dooley. And we're right in the middle of a football playoff season. Both Maura and I work on the sports side of things as our day job. And this is a pretty big weekend. Uh, Maura's team is even in the mix tomorrow. But uh, there's also another big holiday that's going on this weekend, right?
3: Well, it's National Cheese Day oh, tomorrow. Okay. And so, Sunday the 20th, National Cheese Lovers Day. And, you know, I'm concerned about the folks in Kansas City because, you know, there's this huge cold front coming and they think it'll be the coldest game on record at Arrowhead Stadium. So, one way to warm up, besides, you know, having a cocktail or two or a beer in the parking lot if you're going to that game, is to maybe have some fondue. So, you <laughs> <Yeah>. maybe celebrate <laughs> National Cheese Lovers Day with a hot <laughs> pot of. Gooey cheese.
2: Yes. Stay warm out there. Of course. Yeah. I heard kickoff temperatures could be in the uh, single digits. So, but Maura, that's your team. You're the Patriots fan in that in the house. Yeah. Uh,
4: Tom Brady's from California, but he is usually a beast in the snow, and the cold, monster. so yeah. um, we'll see. But I mean, Patrick Mahomes has had an amazing year, yeah. so either way, I think it's going to be a, a really good game.
2: I like it, and you can probably combine your love for football with your love of cheese, too. Even if you're yeah. not at the stadium, you can find a way, if you're having a party at your house, to incorporate National Cheese Lovers Day into, into this weekend. Well,
4: you know I have an affinity for, I like real cheese as well, like nice cheeses. I love a good burrata, but I have an affinity for bad fake pump cheese <laughs> yes if i go to a, a sporting event or a movie theater i'm going to get nachos One of my with, favorite
2: thing yeah. about you it's, <laughs> it's like the first dish that we get whenever we go to a sporting event together so i like it i like it very much
3: so, something tells me the team that would be most likely to celebrate national cheese day would be the packers and since they now yeah, have the rest of, of the year off uh, they can celebrate national cheese day fully
2: get those cheese Aww. heads out yeah <laughs> uh, what else is going on in the headlines this week
3: Well, fascinating week this week in law as it comes to alcohol. That's because the U.S. Supreme Court heard this week a case called Tennessee Wine and Spirits Retailers Association versus Blair. This is a case where two different entities, one Total Wine and More and the other, a couple that had moved to Tennessee, were challenging Tennessee's laws that require you to be a resident for two years before you can apply for a liquor license. Ten, total one more wants to open liquor stores, and this couple wants to open a liquor store and it 's moved its way up to the Supreme Court uh, ironically, the court heard the case on the one hundred year anniversary to the day of when prohibition yeah. was started in the u s that 's right and uh, the justices asked some pretty interesting questions, and what this case really comes down to is does the constitution allow states to basically protect their interstate interest at the expense of out-of-state interests and uh, equal protection? And what's happening here is lots of people are paying attention because this could blow open the ability for retailers to ship wine across state lines. Right now, the Grand Home decision that the court enacted almost 2 decades ago now allows producers, so winemakers, to ship wine across state lines to consumers. But it's been argued if that applies to retail stores that have amazing collections or access to one-off wines or small vintage stuff. And uh, that's what people are trying to figure out. Will the court this summer, when they release the decision, allow retailers to have the right to ship wine, beer, spirits across state lines? So we are focused on this. This is fascinating because it has uh, the ability to really change the landscape nationwide.
2: Well, we'll be, uh, yeah, as wine lovers here in studio, and we just talked about cheese, what goes better with uh, cheese than <laughs> wine, but as wine lovers here, we'll definitely be interested to hear from this. So s- this summer, we can expect the result of that.
3: Yes, and then there'll be all sorts of prognostications, and there'll be additional years of litigation as people try to uh, slice and dice what each sentence means and how <laughs> it course, applies to their yeah. state. So we'll... We'll keep it going. It, it's it's the full employment act for attorneys in the U.S., that's for sure. <laughs> Next up on the list, singer Pink. Her real name or given name is Alicia Moore. Unlike many artists and bands who uh, go off and have somebody make their own wine or, or uh, beer or whiskey or whatever, put their name on it, she actually is getting her hands dirty. She started her own winery called Two Wolves. And she says that she's the official winemaker. She likes doing the physical work. She likes pruning the vines while listening to Beck, another musical artist. Mm -hmm. And she uh, likes putting the wine in the bottles and is proud to have her name on it. And uh, the initial launch of her wine in the winter uh, sold out in one day. And she's working on uh, now bigger batches. But it's interesting to see uh, Pink, her stage name, do really everything from uh, planting to harvesting to winemaking. And it's kind of refreshing because she's not handing it off to somebody else to do just to make some royalty
2: money. And you can see that that is happening a little bit in this industry. It's become so many celebrities are attaching their names to whether it's wine or spirits or beer. But I love the fact that she is all in on this and wants to see every part of the process. You could tell that if it was just a shtick, she would make a rosé wine and and just you know, call it something kitschy with her name, but yeah. I love that she's all in on it. I hope we get to try it one day since it's all sold out currently, but yeah.
3: We'll see if we can procure a bottle or yeah. two. Yeah. So. <laughs> Next up, uh, proof that it sh- it's not a good idea to drink while on the job. A bar is suing their former bartender employee for $150,000 for being drunk, Whoa. and this comes to us out of Oregon, The Barrel Room, which is a famous bar uh, in Portland, they were busted by the Oregon Liquor Control Commission because one of the bartenders was drunk while on the job, and they forced the bar to shut down for 21 days. They suspended their liquor license because this guy was drunk. They also penalized him by suspending his service permit for 18 days. But uh, the bar calculated that they lost $5,500 a day in alcohol sales by having the permit suspended. They multiplied that by the 21 days, and now they're suing him for the $115,000. So, uh, you know, Maura, you've been in the industry... Uh, I don't think it's legal in any state in the U.S. for a bartender to be consuming alcohol while they are on the job because it's the bartender's job and the waitstaff's job to keep their wits about them and make sure that the patrons who are enjoying themselves are doing it responsibly. And you can't do that if you yourself are inebriated. So don't drink on the job.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say that I didn't because <laughs> <It happens. laughs> the bar that I worked at, they, it, it was – technically allowed after midnight for us to have a couple of drinks but they were very specific about us not drinking after 2 a.m because there were some police checks going on about that there wasn't supposed to be any alcohol being served whether it was to staff or otherwise after 2 a.m because of the bar close time
2: yeah absolutely yep. yep. well speaking of things that you shouldn't do at the bar coming up next on cast club radio we'll hear from bartenders on just how to be a better customer probably get you better service at the bar you don't want to miss it it's next on cast club radio back to Cast Club Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, special hello to our friends in Spokane. Glad to have you with us here. Well, we've talked a lot about how to great, get great service in the past on our show. Also, all of us having worked in customer service at some point or the other, whether that was Mora, who's worked in bartending, uh, myself, who's worked as a barista, Justin, uh, now obviously in the customer service business, but There are certain things that could get you better service at a given restaurant or better service from your bartender, things that uh, your bartender would probably like you to know and would like you to maybe stop doing if these are bad habits of yours. This is a great list from home. Sorry. This is a great list from Taste of Home magazine that we found.
3: Yeah. So the list was entitled things your bartender wishes you would stop doing. So, you know, rather than having you go off and try to actually do something just take some of these really annoying things and just don't do them Uh, (laughs) first on the list is don't send back weak drinks Uh, mara you've had experience with this
4: I won't say that I had a ton of people say, like, this drink is too weak and send it back. But I had a lot of people that are watching you mix it when you're at the bar and complaining, like, oh, keep Mm -hmm. going or that's not strong enough. And I was amazed sometimes people don't realize with, like, a Long Island, it's pretty much all alcohol. You put rum, gin, vodka, and triple sec in there and Mm -hmm. splash a little Pepsi and sour in it. And people make comments about you making it
2: stronger. And it's like, I'm not trying to kill you. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And nowadays, too, I think maybe it was the bar rescue trend. A lot of people will use their exact measuring tool. So they're putting Mm -hmm. the precise amount. They're not just counting out seconds anymore. They're actually measuring the precise amount in there. So it's probably a little bit insulting to then be told uh, this is not, you're not following the rules or not doing your job. Yeah, well in the cocktail they're trying to balance
4: the taste so that it tastes yes. good. If to you do, yeah. if you don't care about the taste and you just want a really strong drink, you can order a double because that's the other thing. Sure. It's or kind a of shot. annoying as a bartender <laughs> for for you to keep asking them to hook it up and make it stronger when you're not willing. Then then order a double. You you have to pay exactly. for it if you want it stronger because a lot of times bartenders have to measure also because oh, yeah. so that they, they don't get in trouble. It's not just up to us to just give someone the hookup and not get in trouble for that. <laughs>
2: That's coming out of their page. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
3: In Texas, the Texas Alcohol Beverage Control Board, the agents who monitor bar and restaurant activity, They go in and actually will measure the liquid level on the bottles in the back bar and come back and check to see if you've been refilling or actually if the sales match up with the amount of volume that's been drawn out of those bottles. So there are specific reasons why um, some of these things have to happen. Number two, don't put your napkin in an empty glass. Our friends friends at the magazine said it might seem like you're helping by cleaning up, but it's hard for bartenders to fish soggy napkins from the bottom of a glass. Leave the napkin on the bar table and uh, don't tear up the labels or coasters either.
4: <laughs> yeah, that would be like a just gimmick. don't make a mess. Yeah, yeah, just be just yeah. be polite. I, I once had these people when I was a cocktail waitress late night. They had gotten pretty drunk, and they I mean at the time I think I'm probably like 23, and these people <laughs> were well into their 30s. And they emptied the uh, salt dispenser all over the table and used it Mm. like sand to Mm. make art. Oh, God. And I I caught them. And I swear, I think I gave them like the I'm... I'm disappointed in you mom look like they, they totally
2: lowered their heads and you could tell they were embarrassed it's like, like
4: just act like adults come on, what are you doing
2: a little bit like your house like you'd want it to be treated <laughs> if people were over there absolutely and I relate to the yeah. wanting to bust my table and help out though too so sometimes it can come from a well-intentioned place doesn't mean you're a jerk but yeah. just uh just be aware that 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 helps them out at the end of the night
3: yep next on the list number three don't ask what do you really do? Oh, uh, yeah. Boy, that is kind of an insulting question, right? Because for many bartenders, this is a full-time job and they're focused on it and serious. And so they'd be like asking you, Lydia, or you, Maura, hey, you know, yeah. so what do you really do?
2: For, any, for anything, I think that's insulting. You, sh- you should probably just stay away from that question yeah. because you're never aware and you should never shame somebody for what their chosen profession is. And, hey, a lot of bartenders make very good money. There's a mm-hmm. reason that a lot of people stay with that career and are
4: extremely knowledgeable and personal personable and they they're doing what they're meant to do. Yes.
2: They <laughs> love working with people and serving people. So and we are thankful for them. Yes. Thank you bartenders <laughs> everywhere. And, s-
3: and sometimes you're talking to the actual owner of the bar or restaurant. Also true. Ask that question. So.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Next on the list is asking for a beer. Now, you might be surprised to hear the number of people who go to the bar and simply ask for a beer, uh, (laughs) give the bartender a little bit of help and tell them what kind of beer you want.
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, well, I think that kind of the bartender should be allowed to bring you whatever they yeah. want at that point and mess with you, even if, th- but you know, when I've seen this, I've seen this in movies. I a was going to say mm-hmm. that movies yeah. and television shows. I think they mess with you a little bit because that seems like a very common order. Mm-hmm. In, I don't know why they should, uh, just to make things a little more realistic. Yeah. I haven't that. seen that
4: happen yeah, as I'm much on- in real life, but it
2: does happen in the movies. Yeah.
3: They're doing that because they don't want to pay. You know, the right. Uh, uh. They, don't, they didn't find somebody to sponsor it, right? But look, if somebody comes up IPA to you
2: or something, I don't
1: know.
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you know, if you're a bartender and it's late July or August and you are in Death Valley or Atlanta or someplace which really hot, and somebody came up to you and said, "Give me a beer," you know, I would dig around at the old Christmas. Extra malty oh, chocolate yep. buck and I would uh, hand it to them and say, here, here's your beer. Enjoy it. It's 110 degrees outside. <laughs> you asked for um, it. <laughs> yeah, a beer. So uh, next on the list is asking for free drinks on your birthday. Uh, Mar, did, did this happen to you at all?
4: You know, yes. And I... I honestly didn't really mind so much if they just asked if they got anything for their birthday. But sometimes people really wanted you to be excited as if they were your own, like, family member. Like, yeah. It's my birthday. And I'm Congratulations. just like, sure? <laughs> and, yeah. like, certain yeah. nights I'd be like, it, it, literally on my birthday like yeah it's my birthday too and i'm working like i don't care yeah. <laughs> I, I mean you feign excitement but I, I i'm sorry to break it to you we really don't care that much that it's your birth if you want to just check out if you can get a free dessert or drink or whatever and you ask i don't care but it was always strange to me how excited certain people wanted you to be yes for their birthday. yeah you know it's yeah. usually someone that was wearing a tiara or a sash or like sash. yeah you know, they were just extra excited about yeah. their birthday
2: themed t-shirts for the whole group <laughs> i agree yeah it's a weird kind of uh, entitlement thing that you you see that yeah. I've never in my life Everybody asked has for a free drink. Yes, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it seems I've heard I've definitely heard it at the bar.
3: Oh yeah, and the resulting question should be: uh, Are you at least twenty-one? Yes, you know, hopefully. And that really <laughs> totally. should be the extent of the inquiry. Yeah. 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 Uh, next, next on the list is ordering group drinks one by one. When you're ordering for a group, try to order all your drinks at once. This is important for a very busy bar and very busy nights. Bartenders know the best way to get two old fashions, a couple drafts, and a gin and tonic made as quickly as possible. Don't make it go back and forth on shuttle runs because you can't make up your mind ahead of time.
2: I would agree. And and if it is really busy like that, paying in cash, too, I think is always helpful. And Mm -hmm. I know at some places, my friends who are bartenders will... Will go towards the people with cash uh, more than a card.
4: Leave a tab open. I've had the people that pay with a card and then keep coming back like very frequently. And, yes, because I guess you know you don't want to forget your card. I get True. it. But if it's super busy and you're trying to get quick service, that's not the best way to go about things. It holds things up. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
3: And. And every time that bar restaurant swipes that card, there's another swipe fee that they got to pay the merchant bank
2: mm-hmm. uh, for uh, running that yeah. card more,
3: mm-hmm. more times. So, uh, last on the list is what bartenders wish you would not do, and that is hitting on them. Uh, <laughs> according to the article here, I'm not a piece of meat. Respect that I'm doing my job. Hitting on me won't get you free drinks. It just makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm sure that in some respects, that's not all people are looking for when they're hitting on them, but they probably are looking to come across as more clever than they really are.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a that's a safe one, just to to leave people alone in their own in professional environment. It's really not okay in a lot of other professional work environments. So should probably just yeah respect respect you
4: know, it. Usually you tend to be in that business because you're a friendly person. I think sometimes you can have a friendly banter and and it might be okay. But yeah, just don't
2: cross that line and, and make it creepy. Please, Please don't. No, <laughs> they're,
4: they're trying to work. Well, don't be weird. Yeah,
2: <laughs> don't be weird. Well, speaking of great customer service, up next on Cast Club Radio, we'll talk to someone who knows a ton about it, the GM of a Pacific Northwest staple, Ray's Boat's House. It's next on Cast Club Radio.
4: Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. I'm Maura Dooley here with Doug Zellers from Ray's Boathouse, which is kind of an icon here in the Pacific Northwest. It has roots that go all the way back to 1939. I was surprised to find when I looked it up. Doug, how did Ray's Boathouse evolve into what it is now?
0: Well, Mara, thanks so much for having me on the air. Ray's has come a long way. Um, Ray and his wife Alice had a, a fishing operation out of Harbor Island in the 30s. And uh, as traffic and congestion got a little bit bigger down there, they decided to uh, get somewhere nice and quiet. So they came into the middle of nowhere here in Ballard in 1939. Uh, There wasn't much going on around here. They basically had a little boat rental with herring bait, and you could either rent an engine or some oars, and you can paddle around on the water and fish for your salmon and all the other great things that are out there. In 1952, they decided to put up that big red neon sign, so that's been with us for a long time as well. And they slowly migrated away from... uh, bait and fish and tackle and more into chowder and fish and chips. And our current ownership bought it in 1973 and built it into what it is today.
4: That's so great. I love the fact that you guys are still kind of featuring what what it started out as, as far as with, with the fishing aspect of it. You still feature a lot of Pacific Northwest seafood as offerings, as well as Pacific Northwest wines. Why was it important to have such a big emphasis on the Pacific Northwest items at Ray's Boathouse?
0: Well, it's it's an important for us for several reasons. Uh, we are located on the water, so we, we care greatly about the water. Um, and we're a big part of the Ballard communities in f- an old Norwegian fishing town. Um, we're very in touch with the fishermen and fisherwomen that have kind of helped this this area become popular. And we also really want to take care of uh, the region as it, as it increases in its economic diversity, too. We see a lot of brewers now. Uh, a lot of distillers are coming on board. Uh, a lot of little mom-and-pop shops that are offering great things. And, and we really want to take advantage of that and uh, make sure that we protect the water and the, the animals and the, the livelihood of the people that are around here.
4: Which which leads us to one of the big reasons why you're on here today. We want to talk to you about Shellfest that's going on right now. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's very, very popular. We're really excited about this one.
4: So what can people expect if they come check that out?
0: Well, the, when the water is as cold as it is in the winter, the shellfish come out really, really clean and really bright. Um, so we said, hey, let's, let's build an all shellfish menu with things that are sourced primarily from uh, the Puget Sound here. We have some amazing things. We do a lot of 10 Cove uh, mussels and clams. There's a lot of oysters from the South Sound. Um, we have some some pretty creative dishes, uh, oysters on the half shell, of course. We're doing some pan-fried oysters. We have a Dungeness crab with avocado bruschetta. And one of our most popular dishes recently is the Mussels Wilson, uh, actually named after Russell Wilson. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> one thing that didn't make it this year is the Clams Chancellor. We had to retire that dish.
4: oh. That's sad. We miss Cam Chancellor. It's good to see that he's still on the <laughs> sidelines though, still still trying to help the team out.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 been very popular. Um in the menu changes just a little bit here and there. There's some beer and wine pairings to go with it as well.
4: So, I'm a big fan of oysters and I and I'm wondering are there oyster options for Shellfest as well?
0: There are. We uh, we currently have two different kinds of oysters in house. We have um kushis Uh, From South Sound, we have King of the North from Willapa Bay. Uh, They changed based on availability and based on what the chef, uh, Chef Paul Duncan, sees as as fresh and uh, exciting for the time
4: o are some of my favorite. <laughs> so if everyone comes to check Shellfest out, you will be able to give them some great. I noticed you have some Pacific Northwest wines and amazing sounding craft cocktails on the menu. You'll be able to help people pair those up.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um one of one of my favorites is uh, a nice crisp uh, high acidic sparkling wine. Uh, To go along with the fresh oysters on the half-shell, that's kind of my go-to. We just recently put on an an Argyle Extended Tourage uh, sparkling wine from Oregon. Uh, It's got a little bit of bottle age on it, currently offering the 2007 from the Whamut Valley. Uh, Just just the complexity that the extra aging and the wine being held on the leaves for a longer period of time adds uh, with the, the high salinity of the oysters. It's just such a perfect match.
4: Oh, I love a good sparkling with oysters. That's perfect. Mm. What is one of your favorite cocktails on the menu right now?
0: Right now, we're, we have, aptly enough, we have a cocktail called 99 Problems. Uh, and it has nothing <laughs> to do, the name of it has nothing to do with the Highway 99 <laughs> Problems that we're having, but it's kind of... Uh, <laughs> Ah, uh, interesting that it played out that way. Uh, it's a it's an El Jimidor Blanco tequila with uh, Campari and grapefruit and lime. It's a really it really nice bright acidity that kind of brings out the the best of the shellfish with us. That also goes really well with the oysters, or it's perfect for a nice cold Dungeness crab or a prawn cocktail.
4: Oh, I love that. I've I've always loved the grapefruit tequila combination of a Paloma, but the uh, Campari edition sounds really interesting. Well, one thing we haven't talked about yet is you kind of mentioned it, that you're right on the water, but there's an amazing view at Ray's. For people that haven't been there yet, where are you located?
0: We're really convenient. We are located between the Hiram Locks and Ballard and the uh, Golden Gardens Beach. We're walking distance to both, Um, right on a dock, right over the water. Our entire restaurant faces west. Uh, We get all the boat traffic that comes in and out of the locks, so that's really neat for sightseeing. Uh, We get a lot of sea life right here. There's a couple, uh, there's a mating pair of bald eagles up on the cliff and magnolia that swoops down and catches fish. Oh my gosh. It's so cool. Uh, We have a lot of sea otters. We have a lot of sea lions. It's just beautiful down here. And we also have, if you're not in the area walking around, we also uh, boast Ballard's largest free parking lot, which is something of a a, a gem here as things get congested.
4: That's huge when you're looking for somewhere to go out in the Seattle area.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to drive around in circles. You can just pull right in. It's kind of convenient.
4: Perfect. And you can see that view from inside the restaurant, but you can also enjoy the patio in the summer, right?
0: Yeah, both restaurants upstairs. The cafe has a huge outside patio that hangs right over the water. Um, Downstairs, Boathouse also has a patio off to the south end, which is kind of below our our neon sign, uh, which is directly over the water. You get to watch all the cool fish swimming through and so forth.
4: And how long is Shellfest going on?
0: We're going to run this until the 27th and then we're going to uh, peel it back a little bit and wait for February and we're going to run a, a oysters on the half shell in sparkling wine promotion for the entire month of February to kind of coincide with Valentine's Day.
4: That's perfect and it's a good idea to maybe do that on a different night because I worked in restaurants for a while and I know that <laughs> a lot of people don't think ahead with the reservations and it fills up so it might it might be a good idea to yeah come in for, it's nice to have that promotion going on more than just Valentine's Day night.
0: Yeah, and we're excited that Valentine's Day is on a Thursday this year, so we expect to have a busy weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as well.
4: And what is if people want to come in for that? What is the regular menu like at Race?
0: Our regular menus right now we've got some pretty good Alaskan halibuts on the menu. We always run our our black cods, uh, sablefish, uh, which is either it's two or three different preparations. Right now, um, we have some rockfish on for a little while. Um, we always run salmon, of course, king salmon from Alaska. Um, scallops have been very popular downstairs in the boathouse. Um, just a little bit of everything. We also carry a couple of really nice steaks for people who might not be in the mood for seafood. Uh, and the cafe has a little bit lighter fare, more burgers and fish and chips and things like that.
4: Love it. So there's there's an option for a little more upscale dining, but also cafe. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's kind of the the, the three deal, the three prong deal here is you might have your first date upstairs in the cafe as you get a little serious <laughs> in your relationship. You might bring your partner down to the boathouse, and then you come to the northwest room and get married.
4: Well, that's a good segue. I was going to ask you about some of the other stuff that Ray's offers, and I know they do a lot of catering, but there is also the option of a wedding venue, correct?
0: Yeah, we we do about 65 weddings a year. Uh, they usually kick off in the early spring, and we run them all the way through October, November. Um, it's a beautiful place to get married out here on the water. Uh, the venue holds about 125 to 150 people, uh, and it's pretty popular. We're actively selling dates into 2020 right now.
4: Wow, that's awesome. It seems like you guys have a lot going on. I'm sure your job as a general manager and co-owner there keeps you very busy.
0: It does. It keeps me young.
4: Nice. Well, where can people go to find out more uh, about Raze and all of the events and catering options that you offer and also about Shellfest?
0: Uh, we have everything on our website, www.raise.com. Uh All the menus are current and there's lots of great graphics, a lot of pictures and maps to get here. It's uh, pretty much the place to go.
4: Well, perfect. I hope that everyone goes and checks out Shellfest. I'm a huge seafood fan. I'll be I'll be there for some oysters. But if you don't get to do that, make sure you make your reservations for February. Get your Valentine's Day dinner in. And uh, Doug, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Tomorrow, thanks so much for having me.
4: Well, once again, thank you to Doug Zellers joining us from Ray's Boathouse to talk about Shellfest going on now through January 27th. Up next, Distiller Dana is coming to us live from his vacation to give us his top five themed around the area that he's in. And we'll give you Heritage Distilling's most popular cocktail recipe. Stay tuned. That's coming up next on Cast Club Radio.
2: Welcome back to Cats Club Radio. Right now, we are joined by one of our favorite people, Distiller Dane. He's got a brand new top five for us, and I hear it is themed after a particular vacation spot. What's up, Dane?
1: Not too much. Just uh, coming live and hanging out in Austin, Texas right now.
2: Ooh, One of my mm. favorite places. It's kind of like a Pacific Northwest place, um, in my mind, in the deep south, which is kind of cool. It reminds me of Portland a little bit, a little bit of Seattle's funkiness. Are you there for work?
1: I am there for pleasure. It's my first time coming here, <laughs> and uh, I've got a lot done so far. There's a little bit of time left here as well.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Well, we can't wait to hear. Wait,
3: who approved those vacation days? I don't remember approving that. <laughs> Uh-oh. uh I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure about that. <laughs> All
1: right. It is work-related. Right. Number... It is work-related. <laughs> okay, there we go. Oh, goes. good. Okay. Okay. All right. Number one. All right. Number one on my list is tamales, and tell me you guys get down with the tamales.
2: Oh, absolutely. Mm. Lydia, oh, Lydia hand-wakes right. them. We, we, uh, my family, it's tradition every Christmas. We, we, ha- oh, we home-make some, but yeah, I bet there's some good ones in Austin.
1: Oh, yeah. It was the first thing I did when I got off the plane. I went over to this kind of hole-in-the-wall, semi-hidden gym, um little venue called Tamale House East and they serve up kind of authentic Mexican and Tex-Mex food and I definitely came there for tamales but they also serve up some good stewed pork and onion tacos.
2: Oh wow. Awesome.
1: Mm. Did you happen to have a beer? The beer came at the next establishment. I just got this food kind of to wait in line at the next place.
2: I like it. I like it. So
1: now we're on the number two. Okay number two. Number two might be influenced a little by beer because one of my favorite breweries, and they're a little well known, um, which is actually located a little outside of the city on a huge piece of farmland, um, but it's called Jester King Brewery. Have you guys heard of any of them before? No. No. Uh, so they have a huge pot of land they're on, and they actually specialize in farmhouse ales uh, with all you spontaneous fermentation, barrel aging, blending, a lot of refermentation on fruit. Um, so they have this very huge, unique, extensive beer list. Uh, there's a restaurant there, and they do free tours as well.
2: Wow, yeah, that sounds Great. pretty cool.
1: Sounds fascinating. All right, number three. Number three on my list is the North Loop area, which kind of remind me of Portland, like you were just saying, but it's kind of a vibrant, keep Austin weird part of the town. <laughs> yep. um, and it mm-hmm. is full of small, independent, and unique vintage shops. Um, definitely a site to check out.
2: Yeah, they Austin you- has has some really cool threads. I will say, because I went in one of the cowboy boot stores and my eyes just get, like I hurt myself looking at the price <laughs> tags on them. But I found the coolest pair of like used cowboy boots there. You can find some pretty cool threads.
3: Do I sense a pair of bell bottoms in your future? Uh, they might be coming back. <laughs> with a couple pairs
4: actually. Uh,
1: Employee yeah. uniforms. I
2: don't know.
1: All right, vintage. Okay, number four. Number four. One of my favorite things to do when I travel is to go on bicycle tours because you can always cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. And I checked out this place called Mike's and Bikes and Tours, and I went on the Austin Capital Tour, and it kind of takes you all around the famous landmarks. One of them we saw was the Barton Springs, which is a huge outdoor pool set off of natural spring water. And they also brought us by... um, One of the famous graffiti walls, which are kind of found all over Austin as well.
2: So cool. I know you've told us about bike tours in the past and really inspired me to always check those out when I go to a new place. Get a little exercise in between all the food and great drinks.
3: Just got to be careful you don't get the bell bottom in the chain. Number four.
1: Five. Um, Five. The next one on my list. Yeah, number five on my list is actually a place I'm hitting up tonight, so I haven't been there yet. But it is a speakeasy cocktail bar that I guess took over what used to be a massage parlor. And it's called the Midnight Mm. Cowboy.
2: Oh, nice. (laughs) Love the name. Yeah.
1: They kind of have like this little secretive way to get in. But right now they have a globally inspired passport style drink menu. And it kind of focuses on cocktails from around the world. So I'm excited to check it out.
2: Yeah. Is there any particular uh, stamp you want in your passport cocktail wise? Uh, I'm not sure.
1: I might have to check them all off the list, you know.
2: Okay, good. Ambitious. I like it. Well, Dane, awesome. This is a great top five. Uh, If you're traveling to Austin anytime soon, we'll make sure people check these out and have fun on the rest of your trip.
1: All right. Will do. Thank you.
2: Well, if you can't make it down to Austin, Texas to try some of the cocktails down there, don't worry. We've got you covered with a brand new cocktail recipe this week. Right, Justin?
1: We do.
3: Yeah. So we're still... Kind of in the month of January, those folks that are trying to stay true to their resolutions and so on. So we came up with a slightly, I don't want to say healthier, but an alternative on one of our most popular cocktails, the BSB Pineapple Upside Down Cake. For this one, uh, we're using fresh juice that we actually muddle with fresh pineapple. So you're going to need uh, BSB, Brown Sugar Bourbon, or our higher proof BSB 103. You want pineapple juice. Uh, and that can come in the form of regular juice or actual pineapple chunks that you muddle. You want some lemonade, and you want uh, a maraschino cherry. So what we're going to do is you're going to get your glass, and if you're going to use the uh, fresh pineapple, get five or six chunks of the pineapple, put it in the glass, muddle it, smash it out, all the juices, uh, measure and pour uh, the juice into uh, that glass filled with ice. You want two ounces of that freshly... Uh, Muddle juice, so pour two ounces in a glass that's filled with ice. Add two ounces of your BSB brown sugar bourbon and add two ounces of lemonade. So the recipe is very easy, two, two, and two, Uh, each of the BSB pineapple juice and lemonade. And then you garnish that with a fresh maraschino cherry. And I always recommend the authentic Italian Luxardo cherry is the darker, darker purple, very firm, uh, really authentic Luxardo uh, uh, maraschino cherries.
2: Pineapple upside down cake. I love it. Sounds delicious. Well, you can check out this recipe online at heritagedistilling.com. Check past recipes out there as well, where you can also download episodes of Cask Club Radio.
3: That's right. You can also email us at Radio at heritagedistilling.com course, you can find us on all the social medias on the interwebs, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest is very popular. Uh, We also ask that you don't forget to rate us on iTunes and want to remind folks in the Spokane area that we are coming to you live on ESPN radio and ESPN on the FM side of the dial. And you can also uh, download podcasts for this episode and previous episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to the channel.
2: Thanks so much for joining us. And we'll see you here next week.
0: Cheers. Thanks for listening to Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling. Check us
2: out on MyNorthwest.com to learn
0: more and catch up on past episodes. Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling.